you have to not be locked all. in. You got to stay on top of things. Like if you're ahead, you'll perform like really, really good. If you're behind, you will straight up fail. Like it isn't like if you're on, if you're even with the class, you will pass. If you're ahead, you'll perform really well. And if you're yeah. behind, you'll fail. And if you're even with the class and you're like really smart and good at math, you have like natural ability to be good at math, you enjoy it and stuff, you'll probably perform well as well. But like if you're even with the class, you basically are guaranteeing passing in math and Italian. And even means like you're doing the homework, you're not cheating the homework, you understand the homework, you're getting mm-hmm. the answers right by yourself without help. That means you're even with the class. That's such a good idea. If you're ahead in, for example, theology, if you do the reading a week before, those readings are so hard to dissect. If you know the reading before the professor starts talking about it, you're going to do way better. You're going to start to piece some things together. To your point, you're going to ask better questions. Exactly. Um, so I didn't even introduce you because we just jump into things. But, <laughs> but you go to Bentley University. That's a purely a business school, right? Compared to Assumption, we're a liberal arts school, a um, little more diverse in fields of study. But you like Bentley as far as I know. But do you want to talk about your experience there, what it's been yeah. like? and Yeah. So uh, the reason I chose Bentley was actually not because I'm like solely interested in finance or accounting, which is what I think like most people who go there, like I think Bentley offers a good education for like any major you take there. But if you want to make your money spent worth it there, you should really be doing like an investment banking track, an accounting track or something of that nature that like Bentley is known for because they have the infrastructure for that. They have the connections like literally the best investment banks in the world, the best accounting firms like in the world that you could go to. They come to our school, they do career fairs with us. You can go talk to people from there in person. They'll look at your resume in person. Like they have recruiting things, they have contests that if you win at our school, you get an internship, that type of stuff. Like they have connections for that stuff. Yeah. If you want to do that stuff. For finance, banking, accounting yeah, is what you're saying. I unfortunately don't want to do that stuff, but I thought I did when I went there. But what I realized I want to do, Bentley also sets me up well for, which is why I'm continuing to go there. But um, like those things, Bentley is top notch. Like I think like they're on par with some of the IVs and that stuff if you really want to go. And our career services is like, I believe it's been ranked number one like multiple years in a row by like Princeton Review or something like above other Ivy League schools. So our career services is insane. If you want to get a good job at a good company and like that's the reason you're going this route, Bentley's a good idea. And if you're, especially investment banking, we have like, I don't know if it's the best anymore, but when I went to Bentley, it was like the best trading room and that's just like a room where you can use like the really Bloomberg machines. Right? Yeah, yeah, we have a bunch of softwares that cost like thousands of dollars a month to use. And we have a bunch of equipment that's like even the price tags even higher than that, that yeah. you just get free access to. It's not free, but like with your tuition, you get access to it for no additional charge. And like there are courses in there. There are people in there 24 seven students and faculty to like guide you through stuff like it is actually an insane resource and they have like investment club that I was in for a little while where like they let students basically run like a investment firm type thing where like they pick stocks. You have to pitch it to a larger group. You're in like your own sectors. You have to do analysis and you literally are moving real money, like hundreds of thousands of dollars. Like I think now it's up to like a little over a million. So that's crazy. Like if you want to do investment or any of that stuff, it would be amazing for me. I'm still here because I got really interested in like financial applications with coding. So my plan is pretty much to, I'm going to get a master's of science in corporate finance and accounting. I'm going to get my bachelor's in science in finance, and I'm going to get like a minor in management with that. But I'm going to take a coding boot camp. I'm going to attempt to go to one of the Fang boot camps. Like, I don't know if you know what Fang is, but it's like Facebook, uh, Amazon, Netflix, Google, um, basically like some of the biggest companies in the world. Like. If you want to be a software engineer there, it's really hard to get a job. I don't want to be a software engineer there. I just want to go to like a coding boot camp, 
um, to learn more about like, I want to just be multifaceted in what I can do. Like I want to make my toolbox bigger pretty much. Hats. I want to have like a legit looking coding experience on a resume that isn't just like, I've done some minor league stuff in my job. Like I actually like officially learned this from like right. a trusted source basically. Right, okay. And when is that going to happen? Uh, it would be this summer if I can get in. Okay. I'm like applying to them now. I'm sort of like seeing which one's open when and getting my like applications ready and all okay. that stuff. Cool. But uh, so basically what I would like to do is work at a company like Oracle or like a QuickBooks type company where you're trying to basically make businesses jobs easier by like automating certain processes. If I can't work at the company like that, I would like to almost be like a consultant type person, but it would literally be like a, you call me, give me like, it's it's like a person to come to your house to fix your cabinets. Like you have this system that's like a little rickety, takes like a hundred man hours a year for you to do, but like really the skill level required, like you could take anyone with no finance background probably, and they could do like 80% of the work. So like if I have a finance background, I can understand the 20% that like an average person who went to like CS only would mm -hmm. understand. Okay. So then I can set you up like a customized system that I can just like keep updated yearly for like, you know, like what's five to 10 minutes. What's that system for? Like anything you can imagine basically. Like huh. any, like a lot of finance stuff comes down to like every year you're checking the, the X and O's, you know, you're making sure like all your accounting's lined up properly. You're making sure like all your journal entries like uh, look correct on the books. You're making sure like you're following all the regulations. You're making sure like you have W9s for all your vendors, like all this type of stuff. And like a lot of that, I think with like AI and the integration of it into like everything is gonna start going away. So I kind of want to be like on the forefront of removing it. Cause like, dude, if, if, if your job, like at any point, if you're, if you have a spreadsheet open and you're clicking to another screen, checking for some value, clicking back to your other screen, entering the value and doing that 400 times, you don't need to do that. A human doesn't need to do that. It will take you hours where it will take a machine 20 seconds, you know? And like, it's not extremely difficult to code something, even just in Excel using their own like native uh, language and environment, Visual Basic, it's not extremely hard in most cases to code something that will just do that for you at a speed like 100 times what you could do. 100 times. That's even more in most cases, yeah. You told me this summer, going into this year, that you had a job at that place, what was it called? Hawk. Um, I work at Skyhawk Therapeutics currently. Skyhawk Therapeutics, right? Yeah. So did you create some AI system or some coded system for it's that? It's not AI, but um, AI. it is basically like, um, so a lot of what I do there is like, I'm an intern, right? So they give me the tasks that are like, sort of like clean up this, move this mm. stuff here, do the invoices. Just clicking. Like real real basic it. stuff, right? Okay, like it's yeah. not high stakes. It's not super high consequence stuff, okay. but it's like tasks that just need to be done all the time. Like if you don't do them, then down the line, it causes some high consequences. But like, it's not like, you know, if I don't put an invoice in for like two weeks, some bad stuff's gonna happen, you know? Right, right, um, right. They don't trust you with like the high level stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But like, that's expected obviously. Of but um, so I just noticed after like a few months, I realized like it was taking up an insane amount of time to do it the way I was asked to be doing it. And I was already like into coding and stuff. So I realized I had like the perfect opportunity because I talked to my boss and she basically told me that like, as long as like, cause she reviews everything I do, as long as like the error rate doesn't go up and I don't charge like extra hours for stuff that is like, um, not what I'm asked to be doing right. basically. Like if I don't go over what I'm already expected to do hour wise, then she's fine with me doing anything that makes my job easier basically and doesn't harm anything else in the system. So I just set up like a lot of our stuff. That's a good boss. Yeah, a lot of our stuff was literally like, for example, 
we moved from QuickBooks to NetSuite and something about like the W9 forms, we weren't able to just move them over like all at once. So we had over a thousand vendors that we had to manually check for W9s from. And like, we had to figure out like based on, so like you don't need a W9 from every vendor and there's like some qualifications essentially. There's like, so you can make a spreadsheet and be like, are they this, are they that? Do you have, have they, have you spent $600 or more on them, et cetera? Like some other qualifiers for if they need one. Um, and also like, are they 1099 eligible was another question we had. There's some qualifiers for like how that's a thing. And you need the W9 to answer all of those, but you also need to know that you have one for all these companies and stuff. So it was basically like, think of it like 30 steps, right? Okay. I had to do that for over a thousand over things a thousand. manually. Right. And I did it all. And guess what I did? Cause I'm an idiot. What? I didn't save the file. It took me like Bro, 30 what? hours to do it. You did all of that shit? Yeah. I, I like finished, but I had just left the file open for like days while doing it. No, and, and it I eventually. I didn't realize like I usually keep my files on autosave. I don't know how I didn't put this one on autosave, but I didn't, so I didn't save it. And it was an Excel was, spreadsheet. Yeah, it was gone. It was just like a fresh sheet, and like normally it gives you like the recovery pain, but I must have like clicked that I didn't yeah, need you that at some were like, point. Like, yeah. <laughs> so. Oh my god. I was just like, dang, because I know now like it was basically due the next day. And I like, I can't charge extra hours or anything either. So like, I was totally my bad. And I really just created a huge problem for myself. Cause I, I think I also had like a project or something due like two days later. And like, I had a bunch of stuff on my plate and I could not have like dealt with this. So I was just like, oh my God, bro, what do I do? So I literally opened up ChatGPT and like talked to it about the problem for a second. And I told it like, this is basically, I have four hours. It needs to be done in four hours. If it's not done in four hours, like X, Y, and Z happens, like this project won't be handed in time. Like I'm gonna have to just stay up all night or something trying to do this again. And like that won't work because it took me longer than all night before to do it. So like, I don't know, like, so I was just like, what do I do? It pretty much told me all about this, like Excel as a native environment and everything. And I realized like, why do I do anything without this? What? So in four hours, I was able to code something that now runs in 20 seconds and does what took me 30 hours before to do. So like, it was crazy. That's and a, I was just like, okay, I need to use this for everything. So I just started using it for like anything where I'm just given spreadsheets and I have to do like a lot of operations that are repetitive in a spreadsheet or I have to like compare file names or like move files from one folder to another. I just make up a thing to do it for me. And then every, like now it's been, it actually has been a year since I've been working there. Like at the new year, at the turn of the new year, there's like some minor updates. I just like check the code, make sure it still works. Like I do a lot of like error checking. So it like feeds me information about like what the errors were and why they were and where they were and stuff in the code. I just make sure it like still works in case like any formats or whatever changed. So they're still using it. Yeah. Like I still handle that stuff, but now like it gets passed to me in an email. 20 seconds later, I send back the like completed thing, you know? Oh my god. It's insane. As soon as I open the email, just pull it in and they run the program, send it back. They weren't worried about you doing this. They didn't. They were um, done, so they were okay so with it. So I've been in like constant contact with my boss's boss, my boss, and the head of IT just to like make sure that I'm not stepping on toes. Because right. I think like I obviously don't have authority and I shouldn't be like overstepping Changing my, the my boundaries system, and stuff. Yeah. Right, yeah. But like technically, I am still following the system like to the letter, which is that like they send you a spreadsheet and then you send them back a completed spreadsheet, right? And you keep a copy of the original in case you mess it up. I do all that stuff still. Just how I complete the spreadsheet is different. Okay. So like I'm not really stepping on any toes, so that's why it's worked so well. 
Um, recently, I have started developing a system because I have like approval now to do this, where it like could potentially step on some toes, but that's why I'm gonna implement it really slowly and make sure it like works before I actually am like running it in the system. But we get our, our invoices in, in Outlook. Um, so, and then we take them, we save them to a folder, and then you gotta open it, look for like a PO value, an invoice number, and like an amount on the invoice, um, and a date and some other stuff sometimes. Like some invoices are different, but all you need to know is like, basically you open the PDF, there's some information you gotta find, you gotta plug it into NetSuite every single time, every day, pretty much. Every week there's like 20 to 50 of and them. And your code does this? Uh, I'm working on code right now okay. that does this. So basically okay. like, right now what I have able to do is it can go into my Outlook and go into the proper file that is like my file. Like I basically have a folder in there, like an inbox, that they sort of like vet emails and they send them to me. So if you were gonna do this on like a company scale for like a bigger company, where like a human isn't vetting them first, you would have to have like an advanced vetting setup in your okay. code. But someone is like looking through the emails anyways and they just send me the ones that I'm supposed to process into NetSuite. So I know that all the emails getting sent to me have been checked and like even in my normal job, I'm not supposed to like double check them really. So they're safe to download the attachment without like me seeing the email. So I just have the code automatically download the attachment um, under the right folder name and everything. Um, and we have a thousand vendors, as I said, so I had to make like a map for every single vendor and the email that they send from and the folder name that it goes to and all this stuff. But I was able to do that. That took some time. But now like that's set up. It's pretty much like it just checks the map, downloads it to the right folder because it's from this email. Must go to this folder, downloads the PDF there. Um, and right now I'm making the part where it basically like is opening the PDF and looking for certain information. That part is probably the longest part. And then the easiest part will just be like it opens my NetSuite and enters in okay. the information into NetSuite. Okay. So you figured this out though because of ChatGPT mostly, right? Yeah. Um, I would say like I already knew that this stuff existed, right? But I didn't know how to code. Like I knew that I could do this stuff. I just thought like, you know, I thought coding was like basically as hard as learning another language. Like you have to just spend years getting fluent in it and all this stuff. But with the advent of these like AI models, it's like, Think of it like the most advanced debugger tool possible where like you don't actually even have to understand the ins and outs of everything to build a simple program with it. If you're trying to build like a new Facebook, you gotta know what you're doing. Well, but if it's like a simple program like right. this, well, this, really. this is something I learned when I was looking into, or I don't know if this, I think it's Jeffrey, Joffrey, I don't know his name is, Hinton, this guy, they call him the godfather of AI. Have you heard of him? I have not. It was He was on a 60 minute interview and he said that I'll read this quote, actually. I wrote it down. So he said, As soon as it gets real complicated, we don't actually know what's going on any more than what is going on in your brain. And the guy who was questioning, questioning him said, What do you mean we don't know how it works? It was designed by people. He said, No, it wasn't. What we did was design the learning algorithm. When this learning algorithm interacts with data, it produces complicated neural networks that are good at doing things, but we don't really understand exactly how they do those things. That's insane. Yeah. So that kind of contributes to that idea where you can make a code and not totally understand how it's going to work or what it is capable of. Is that accurate, maybe? Yeah, like I think in my case, though, I do learn like what it is doing. It's okay. just like it's like reverse order. Like it sort of like prints the code for me. Then I have to run it, figure out what's wrong with it. And in doing that, I learn how it works because in order to know what's okay. wrong with it, you have to know how it works. Okay. So it sort of like teaches you how it works while it's doing it. 
Very then cool. you, because you're a human and have like, like, you know, I obviously have more critical thinking skills than ChatGPT. It just has access to more like data. Basically, it's got like better memory and better access to that memory than I do. It has the right? best memory. Right. But I have, I would say, at least right now, humans have like higher uh, capacity to process complex ideas uh, quickly than ChatGPT does because we have a lot more sensory input. Like I can see things, I can like hear things, I can touch things. Like ChatGPT, like when I try to explain what I'm trying to do in words to it, this is another problem that people have actually is like, I have an idea. Right. To pass that idea to you, it's never going to be the same because I have to turn that idea into legit just like vibrational sound waves yeah. that I shoot at you. Right. Your ears pick those up, then your brain has to interpret it, and then you get to the thought. And like ChatGPT is essentially like, I have to do that, but in typing. And so like I pass the text to it. And then it has to run right. like statistics basically on like... There's no connection. Yeah. Right? yeah. It's like turning the, the words into numbers pretty much and trying to analyze them like in a similar but very different way. Um, and then like it struggles to understand me as much as I struggle to understand it. But the more you work with it, the better you get it. Like you'll understand like it needs to be told things in a certain way. You need to be very right. pragmatic, very specific. If you're not very specific, it's going to struggle. If you like leave out, like basically if I was explaining something to you and you wouldn't understand it well, it won't understand it well. If I leave out information that like, even if it should be obvious, you need to, add you need to explain it. Yeah. Okay, so that seems, not that that seems, because I use ChatGPT often. I know what you're talking about, right? You yeah. have to add in details, and I think that students need to learn how to use this tool. My opinion is that colleges need to, if the colleges want to stay in business, then they have to teach students how to use ChatGPT. What do you think about that? Yeah, I think uh, I completely agree with that. I think a lot of professors, I think it's really, like, honestly, like a polarizing issue with professors, it seems like. Like, they range everywhere from like no use at all to like I love like it. it's literally integrity violation stuff right to like honestly open AI on tests you know like they range all the way in there and I think like I think you kind of just have to treat it like Google like the final product should be human made but at the end of the day like you know like it's like Google if all of your research comes from one source that's a problem but if like a good chunk of your research comes from one source and you like cite it correctly and everything. And like with ChatGPT, right? It's not a source by itself, but like if you ask it a question and it gives you an answer, you can then ask it for what source it got the information from and you can cite that source. You can also cite ChatGPT. That's right. just like with Wikipedia actually, which is something that like, uh, I don't know if your professor said this to you, but a lot of my professors have told us that like, if you want to use Wikipedia, right, they course. just want you to like Score read the, the, source the source that it comes from, the information that it comes from, and then use that source that's like better and then also cite wikipedia so they know that you found the source on wikipedia okay and like that's what i think people should just start doing with chat gpt versus like demonizing it and acting like it's cheating right. like when i go in the workplace right is it cheating for me to use that or is it just like literally more optimal for the company and for myself like it just provides more value to society than me not using it right but the mission is i mean the mission of the workplace usually is to gain profit while the mission of schools are to help students gain more knowledge and it's, it's almost easier. Like there's like a direct line to profit. Helping students learn is, is not a direct line. And, but I think you bring up a good point because I don't think professors should be demonizing it, but I also don't think they should just be super open to it because they probably don't really know what it is. And maybe the ones that are really open to it use it often. And that's why. So that's good. But the professors that are demonizing it need to sit down and use it. They need to buy the premium I version. Agree. They need to use the plugins, which we'll get into in a moment. But 
I think a lot of professors are going to be speaking on this topic with not a lot of experience yeah. using it. Like no firsthand usage. No firsthand usage. And that's the only way to learn what it is, when it's beneficial, when it's harmful. Um, the school system is, so in 2022, there was a study in 2022 that said that there was an 8% drop in college enrollment starting in 2019. Um, this was in part due to the pandemic, but the, de the decline didn't correct itself. So it's still on a decline. That 8% didn't go back up like as people expected it to. Do you think AI plays a big role in that? Mm -hmm. I'd say that's a tough one, to be honest. I think like if you're saying it starts in 2019, we had a, a pandemic situation that happened between there. I think like there's a lot of stuff that went on in that time period. I think it's going to be hard to pin down. Like okay. that's like a correlation. Mm -hmm. I think I don't. I, I would say, in my opinion, AI didn't have a massive contribution to the decline in people going to college. So then maybe it, it probably will. And then if it will, the question is when. But this the AI technology is increasing. I mean, that's true. Do you want to go? I think this, this is basically what I think is going to happen with it. Like, that's a bold prediction, I guess, because I'm not extremely knowledgeable on the topic. But the way I'm like looking at Sorry, it right now. Sorry, do you want to move that water? Just something. The way I'm looking at it right now Perfect. is that... Uh, so the first thing you're going to see over the next 10 years is jobs, like I was explaining, where like you're basically looking at a screen moving information, like jobs that aren't complex and are a series of repetitive tasks, oh. like call services, even call centers and stuff gone. They're gone 10 years from now. Like, cause like once you get some programs where like the cost to run the server and run the whole program and everything is less than your workforce, businesses are going to switch. As soon as that comes into existence, like major corporations are going to switch, right? Unless there are laws preventing them, which like in some cases there might be, like with accounting okay. and stuff like that. Okay. But I'm sure, like with accounting specifically, there'll be a lot of SEC regulations and stuff, and uh, overseas regulations and everything, where like they want humans to be reviewing things so that like a robot basically can't mess it up. Um, like you don't want your company audited and destroyed because AI was running your taxes, you know? Yeah. Like so, there's going to be certain situations like that where like some jobs will remain, like high level tax reviewing stuff and all that stuff but and like, the communication and accounting is like for example happens. like customer service they're gonna have like a robo wall now where like you gotta go through like an ai model that sounds like a person like they're gonna get the voices it's better gonna piss people off i know but like the thing is is that you think it's gonna piss people off but it's gonna be like trained on the exact information the employee is trained on and like it will be tested by customers calling in and asking in questions. Right. It'll so just, like it'll automatically learn how to yeah, do those. It'll things. literally wow. be like the error rate. The way that they're gonna switch is once the error rate is lower than an employee and it costs less per interaction than an employee does. Like as soon as that's the case, it's just like self driving cars. Like once it's drives way better than people and costs less to implement, it's gonna be in place. Right. Like that's gonna happen. It's just how it is. Yeah. So like it's the same thing. Like as soon as the we get to that point wherever it is we're like economically for every business it is a better decision to do that than to not do that you're going to see like massive transfer into it and i think that is going to be like like right now if you're a college professor and your test is so easy that an ai can get a hundred on it like without being very difficult like a student who obviously doesn't understand the material because they're cheating on it can use an ai model to get a hundred on your test you need to rework your classroom because your curriculum's right. not difficult enough that's right it's not it's not going to carry into the modern world because like any job that requires that information or like when people need to research that is most likely going to be taken over by these programs in like the next like 
especially like while we're alive and we get older, it's going to happen. But in the next 10 years, even like you're going to see a lot of stuff fade away because these keep getting better. Like literally every month, new stuff comes out that does new things like Canva is insane for making presentations and all that type of stuff. Um, ChatGPT is really good at a lot of things, including reading PDFs, creating Excel sheets and all this stuff once you get the plugins. Yeah. Um, there are all sorts of like data analytics models, even social media right now, like uses machine learning. Like that, that's part of the reason why when you talk about like, I don't know, something random, you get an ad for it right away. It's because some, somebody is listening, but I don't, it's not like literally not a, person a person in right. this case. I mean like, you know, we won't talk about like the Patriot Act and everything, but like okay. assuming it's not your TSA agent, it's probably a, <laughs> it's, it's like, I'm, I'm just kidding, but like it's, it's usually it's um, like whatever app has access to your microphone also has a program that is recording what you say, but then analyzes it and like tries to push you advertisements basically from right. that information because it's trying to give you like better advertisements that relate to what you're actually looking for. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So that actually might, that makes me think that the college education will get more valuable because you're going to have to, I mean, Mark Cuban said this, I think 2016 or maybe 2018 when he was, I wish I had this quote, but he didn't say, some people get this quote wrong. They say that he said like the business world needs more philosophy majors. That's not what he said. He said he thinks a philosophy degree will be more valuable than like a CS degree in 10 years because no one's going to have philosophy degrees. No one's going to think that th those are important. And then in 10 years, people are going to realize, well, maybe it's really important to think, read, and write as a human. And um, so that's interesting there. But it means, I think it means that the college has an opportunity here, the colleges in general. But how do they do it? I, I mean, they could just take technology out of the classroom, but y they can't, right? I think that's a terrible idea, to be honest. Yeah. I think, like, well, you're actually seeing it now with the trades. I don't know if you've heard about this, but... Uh, like electricians and plumbers and pl uh, yeah, electricians and plumbers, like people like that, carpenters, yeah. um, they're like declining in record numbers in terms of like the number of people that are interested in that. Yeah. Um, and so the value of the services is like exponentially increasing based on like, because it's so hard to find someone who's good, the value of a good carpenter or good whatever is going okay. up a lot. Right, like right. some of the best paid jobs in the United States right now are like trades. And you don't have to pay, like, you know, to go to college. 100 to 200 to 300K to that learn how to do a trade. That leaves not 300K. <laughs> uh, yeah. But, um, <laughs> so, like, you don't have to pay that much money to learn a trade, but the, like, upside is huge. And I think, like, people underrate the trades because they think, like, you know, like, I, I think a lot of people, not everyone, I think this is becoming less of a thing as time goes on, but they think they're, like, better than, like, if they go to college, they think they're, like, too good for that. But, like, realistically, you know, if you're, like, someone who parties five nights a week in college and doesn't really get good grades and isn't really in a lot of clubs and isn't interested in what you're learning, you are wasting your life. And, like, and you, would, you would literally be doing better mentally, financially, in all aspects, most likely, if you were doing something else than right. what you're doing. So, like, um, I think, like, for some people, a trade is the right, is the right move. Like, I, I think a lot of people think they're better than a trade, but a trade is just as legit as like any corporate job it's just as legit the trade's better opinion. than you bro you know what I mean? yeah like, i know a damn. trade is difficult and takes intelligence yeah. it takes a lot of problem solving it takes a lot of understanding <laughs> like it's not like if you were like it's not it's not like you're not being a carpenter because that's too easy like that's dumb bro that's it's how people take. treated trades in the ancient world like they were so important they yeah. should be so important now we just you know we can work in an office and, and we can go to college and get a degree and then kind of not really push ourselves as much maybe and in the trade things are evolving and changing so you have to have that skill that like 
when the toilet's doing this weird thing that you don't know how to fix, you have to put all your knowledge together as a plumber or whatever the trade is and, and fix it. And that, yeah, I think we're we're missing the, the point there if you, if you don't value it. Yeah, I think it's going to keep going that direction, like jobs with that. Like, I think the more difficult a job is for an AI or robot to perform, the more valuable it's going to become over the next, like, 30-ish years. Do you think an AI, like, robot could do could do some of these trades, though? I mean, could build so a house. I think the robots could build actually, a house. Even right now is, like, in, like basically, if you want to do, like, okay, building, like, a house, like, 3D printed or whatever, they're trying to do that. So far, it hasn't been extremely successful. That's like literally exists right now. There have been three D printed houses. They're just oh. usually like more expensive than just building a house normally, and they look way uglier, uglier, yeah, more ugly. I don't know. Um, uglier works. Okay, uh, but they uh, like that. Okay, that will be a thing, right? Like maybe you can get a like a Roomba style thing that mows lawns, right? But like if you want someone to, I don't know, like prune a bonsai bush or something, that is extremely difficult to build a robot that does that. Very or like, yeah, something that's like, like okay, that's one of the like huge advantages of these things right here is that like we First are extremely style, good at like fine tune like um, stuff with our Precision. hands. Yeah, and like, yes, you can make robots that are good at that. That is a thing that I'm sure exists in great numbers right now. It's just like a question of like cost to value produced, like, it's probably going to cost you a lot more <laughs> to build and operate and like maintain a robot that can do like a whole landscaping job than like to just have a person do it. And it's right, going right. to take, it's going to take a similar amount of time as a person because like to mow a lawn, right? You can't just like instantly mow the whole lawn. It's Even not if like, you have a robot. Right. Yeah. Like when something's in a computer, you know, like if you need to open a tab like a hundred times and check for something, you can have a computer in the background, use a bunch of your memory, and open all 100 tabs at once and check for the thing all at once. So it's like instant. But you can't have a robot like instantaneously mow a whole lawn, you know? Um, and so, like, that's why I think like the trades are still going to be valuable for a long time. Like, it's hard to replicate human movement in robots. Like, it's hard to replicate our ability to like interact with our environment in robots and stuff like that. And like, I just don't think that's coming soon. I think that's like, I don't even know if I'm going to see that. I think we probably will, to be honest. But I don't know if, like, even to make a robot throw a ball, pick up a ball, is difficult. Like, that is an extremely complicated engineering feat to do that. Mm -hmm. So I think, like, that's why I think that those jobs are still valuable. is because it's way easier and way more, like, like, it will take less time to make and you'll gain more, like, profit. So if you're a business right. interested in AI type stuff, to, like, focus on the office jobs than to focus on the trades. Right. So I just think that's like the trend that we're going to see most likely. But then to your point, once there's less errors and it makes sense financially, every company will take advantage of these things. Yeah. Right. Um, so yeah, I'm excited to help my school work through this dilemma because while I'm on a board with students to talk about AI, I'm not really sure how I'm going to approach it, but I think I'm going to ask the question like, do you guys use it? And then if they do raise their hand, well, do you use it with the plugins? And people are going to say no because they don't want to pay twenty dollars a month. But I've gotten pretty good experience with the plugins. Do you have a like? Do you want to talk about the plugins a little bit? The, the plugins, the plugins are crazy. They're cheese. Yeah, I think uh, obviously it depends like what you are trying to do with ChatGPT. What plugins best for you? The ones I've right, used right. the most are they have like a web scraper plugin, which is for like uh, I saw this. Yeah, any any site that allows web scraping, so you gotta be careful about that. But as long okay. as it allows web scraping on the site, you can get any information you need from the site with this plugin, which is pretty useful. <laughs> um, so I have a link reader plugin. The web scraper one would be better. No, uh, the web scraper one would be like if you need 
something specific like values for like Amazon or whatever for like a different product. Like what if I use the Core Connection website and you're familiar with my mom's business? What if I wanted ChatGPT to analyze our pricing structure? Would I want um, to use it? It would be better word? to use the link reader you're talking about. Like, uh, okay, okay. it honestly might be better to, like, I think ChatGPT does better with, like, words and PDFs than it does with the coding stuff as far as the plugins go. So I think it might be better <coughs> to just, like, literally save your mom's, like, uh, website, like, where it, you know how it has, like, the values and it explains, like, the memberships and stuff? Sure. Save that page as a PDF use the PDF reader in right, ChatGPT right, right, right. and then just talk to it about mm-hmm. it. Yeah. I think that would be good. If to you the have, PDF reader, what happens there? Um, basically, like, it's actually, it's like, a, I, I don't, I like, I haven't seen the code for the PDF reader, but I'm assuming it works something like what I'm trying to do with the invoice thing I was explaining earlier, where it's basically like optical character recognition, where like, even though it's not a text file, so it's not literal words, mm-hmm. um, it's pretty much like, it has like I'm guessing it has a set of characters that it knows look a certain way, and as long as it's like within a certain percentage similar to those characters, ChatGPT is able to read what the words say. Because right. I've used it on multiple PDFs, and I've noticed that like when stuff is formatted extremely strangely, it has trouble reading it. So okay. I'm guessing that's why is that okay. they have some type of function in there where like as long as it looks 50%, 60%, 70% similar to like the way this letter looks, then it can read it as this letter. Right. And so like it does that with like basically every character in uh, I'm gonna go with the English alphabet because it's like all in English um, right, right. but yeah so it probably does that and then ChatGPT can read that and then you have to ask it a prompt that's like and it's really helpful if you use keywords that are actually in the PDF um, okay all so right, if you use yeah. keywords like answer me this question based on this stuff right it'll typically be able to pull out excerpts from it and you can say like literally quote the PDF yeah, tell yeah. me like where you found this information right so if you don't know what we're talking about there's a plugin on your ChatGPT browser that you go onto a separate website you upload the file the file the, that separate website it's called like aipdf.com or something it gives you a link that then you can paste that link into ChatGPT ChatGPT reads that link and then has that PDF information. So if I'm trying to understand Plato's Republic and I'm struggling on Book 7, I'll download Book 7 as a PDF. I will upload it to this site, and then I'll grab the link, put it in ChatGPT, and say, I don't know what he's talking about with the cave. Why the cave? Why not some other form of um, shelter? And then it'll tell me why. That's so cool. And it would be able to answer that without the plugin, but when it has the text, it like, so I mean, I don't know how it works, but it analyzes the text. It, it really, it really does. It really works. It really works, yeah. which is beautiful. I uh, think it's and, almost yeah. as if you typed all that, all those words in yourself. Like it's the same thing. Like you just when you ask it the question without the plugin, you're not going to text type the whole seventh book in. You're not no, going to like no, copy no. and paste every single section. Right. So now it has access to all the information, so it could just look for like the yeah. key stuff. And yeah. here's a way that a philosophy professor could take advantage of this kind of service. The readings I do are really hard sometimes. So what I will do is I'll say to ChatGPT, I'm reading this. Give me a summary of what this guy's about to talk about. And then I'll have a summary. I'll read the summary on ChatGPT. Then I'll read the text. It's like you can't just read the summary. That's not going to do you any exactly, good. Exactly. We, we know. I mean, everyone knows that, right? You know that when you do that. <laughs> like, yeah, if you read the summary, you don't read the book, you know you're being a bum. Yeah. Right? That's not a question. But that doesn't mean we shouldn't use this as a tool to help with the reading. It, it was weird because someone came to me for help with their philosophy and I told them to use ChatGPT and then to read. I don't know if they did that or not. Um, but that's a way professors can 
not demonize it. Like, there's no need to demonize anything. Yeah. Uh, I think the professors that are demonizing it just don't understand. Like, they probably do think it's like a free A. It really shouldn't be. It shouldn't be. Your class is designed horribly, to be honest. Like, uh, ChatGPT is, like, not great at answering a lot of questions, but it's just, like, a helpful tool. It's just like Google, you know? Like, if I'm struggling on, like, some math concept... I could go watch a 30-minute YouTube video right. where I still barely understand the concept after, or I can use the Wolfram plugin that can do the advanced Wolfram calculus, crazy. and I can have ChatGPT explain it to me with diagrams and like explain it in like my reading level, so it's not in a textbook form that I can't understand. Right. Like it's literally That's that amazing. simple, and it that can explain amazing. to you like the higher concepts of like why do I even need this? Why do I need to understand this? In my opinion, better than a lot of professors. For can. sure. And, so, and then you can say, I don't understand that. Dumb it down. They'll dumb it down to a first grade reading level. Literally, ChatGPT. Yeah. Wolfram is so cool. I started using the plugin for the business, right? right? And I wanted to get numbers on like scenarios, different financials. And I struggled a little bit, but it would give me tables with different scenarios. Like if, if eight people took advantage every month, if six people did, if four people did, and then it compared those numbers to like our current numbers. So I could tell it that I want to roll, roll out this new offer for the business, right? Uh, an intro offer. And then it can give me data on it. Then I can upload actual data of our old offer. And then it uses, it uses the AIPDF plugin to analyze the data. And then it will use the Wolfram plugin to look at that data and mathematically calculate Revenue, expenses, opportunity, all these different things in different math calculations. Dude, that's sick. It's so insane. It changes the game. It, it makes someone who's trying to be an entrepreneur, someone who's trying to be involved in entrepreneurship, it makes it appear a little more doable. And that's special. And you know... Um, special, man. How you can use the plugins in combination is really... Uh, it's amazing. Like, you can do... For example, like what you're just talking about with the Wolfram and the, the PDF at the same time, you could add in like something that can build Excel sheets and then it can like make models, make graphs, make sheets for you as well. Like while it's based off the data, of based that off number. information. Yeah. yeah, it's amazing. Like it's it's actually, I, I just think like, I honestly think like that should be just like how Outlook like comes with your tuition. Like that should be a tool like ChatGPT Plus should just come with your tuition. Right. Like it, Premiere Pro, I, I get that. I get all these, I get some other services. Yeah, it's amazing. It's like, it, it changes the game from so many perspectives and it's, I, I think it's just one of those things where like, cause it's new, people don't understand it. So they're either afraid of it or they think it's going to like ruin school and that no one's going to learn anything anymore, all this right. stuff. But like, that's just not true. People are still not going to learn things, but it's <laughs> still always going to be on no. them for not learning. But also like, you know, if you're taking a curriculum and actually from one of your prior co- podcasts, there was professor was talking about, um, like you should learn about like the regimes and stuff. Oh yeah. Professor that, Domsky. Quote, yeah. yeah. We talked. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that's that was actually an amazing quote. Cause I fully agree. So this point is going to be sound a little contradictory to that, but I basically think like, all right. So like, I think what he was saying basically is like you should learn about the things you're interested in learning about even if they're like not on your degree path basically um right like if you want to learn about like i'm learning taking russian history right now which yeah. i actually love so like i'm super interested in it and it's relevant and stuff so that's yeah. cool right and it it is a gen ed but i'm interested in it and i wanted to take it right so i'm like engaged and i'm learning it and stuff but like there are gen eds that i have no interest in they're not relevant to my um like my end goal of going here I still have to pay for them and I like just don't I, I don't enjoy the material I don't enjoy the class I don't enjoy a bunch of stuff about it I don't feel like it's relevant to me right so unlike me wanting to take it where I should learn about it this is something where like I basically if I do this class I'm only going to be learning for the test and then I'm going to be forgetting all the information anyways so like this is a class where like that that is useful like I right. can pretty much just like 
I can help, I can have it, like, AI help me with, like, basically every step of the way. Um, just because, like, that way I, I can spend more time on my other classes that are important and I can actually, like, digest that material and use my brain power for that stuff and then perform better in those classes than, like, like, I basically find that, like, when you use AI for, like, everything in the class, except for, like, the final products of stuff, basically, um, your performance will never be good. It'll always be, like, at par. Like, you'll probably pass basically right but like if you really hate a class your performance is probably not going to be amazing either right you know so it's like one of those things where it allows you to like allocate your resources in college better and maybe you could say that that's like a policy change a school should make is like that but like schools need gen eds to be universities right so like you have to do that like in my school like you want to be university you need gen eds so it doesn't matter that i don't like love these subjects gotta take them for sure you know and like i do my best in the ones that i love and I am engaged in those classes and the ones where I struggle to engage in you know if I get behind or something it can help me like catch up and stay with the class and all that stuff right right and if you really like using ChatGPT, if that kind of lights you up which that's a thing like it does it lights me up then using it for that class to learn will get you more engaged and I'll get you to uh, be more involved I'm thinking of while you're talking I was thinking about your like I don't know why but I just started to think about your travels in Europe and how we never really talked about them to transition kind of off the AI topic, like we we develop, when we go through experiences as humans, we develop this knowledge and um, maybe knowledge isn't the right word, but just appreciation for things that like, at the end of the day, you're gonna learn more from traveling, from talking to people, right? So maybe college is gonna incorporate that more, incorporate like traveling experiences and stuff like that. You just went to Europe for about 30 days, right? Yeah. That's crazy. I studied abroad, and I, like I said earlier in the episode, that that semester I learned more than every other semester. Um, I think factually I did. What's your take on traveling? I mean, we travel together. We can talk about that. Um, traveling as a whole, I just think is necessary. necessary. I think like uh, everyone's kind of doing a balancing act between like order and chaos in their life. People are totally chaotic, where like they have no routine any day. They don't care about anything. Like, they don't have a routine for anything. They have a few goals where, like, they just kind of consistently do some work towards it, but, like, no specific time set, no, like, super specific goals. They just enjoy doing it, so they put a lot of energy into it, and, like, some stuff works out for them. And some people are, like, rigidly ordered where every minute of every day is scheduled, and they, like, don't believe in free time type of thing. And then you have everyone in between. I'd say, like, both of us probably fall in between. Most people fall in between somewhere. Um Actually, probably, like, almost 100% of people fall in between somewhere. Right, um, right, right. But uh, I think, like, when you go traveling, it's just, like, it's, like, pure chaos. And it's, like, it rips you out of your routine. Like, I, you know, I have, like, some comfort in my routine, like, doing some things that I like doing that make me feel like, yeah, you know, I got that done today. Like, that was awesome. Right. I feel like I'm moving forward. I took a step yeah, forward. Yeah. It just Probably rips you out of that. Yeah. No more steps forward, buddy. You're out here. Well, because you don't have a goal really necessarily when you're traveling sometimes. So like yeah. when you're at home, you're, you're just trying to experience. You have these goals you're working towards. And Jordan Peterson talks about the positive emotion system, how it's set up. It's like when you make progress towards a goal, you get a dopamine release. Cool. When you're traveling, you can't, it's hard to establish goals. Like the goal is like to have fun and like do some cool things. Yeah, and learn some stuff. Right, but that's not really a goal. Like that's, okay, yeah, of course, that's always a goal. So yeah, you don't really have that system set up in your mind. But it's you're getting amazing. dopamine releases because yeah. you're like because you're out of the routine things. it's right. like giving you like entirely new perspectives and like it's almost like uh there are certain compounds i won't describe them here that also do this that like help people with certain things like if you're in systems where like 
you have repetitive like mental stuff that's messing with you sometimes like traveling or other things like this where it's almost like an enlightening type experience can be good for you because it just like it pulls you out of the system so it allows your brain to like you like when you're traveling it like just reworks everything because all the systems you rely on that you're like used to where you yeah. don't even have to think and it's muscle memory that's yeah. gone so now you have to think of everything everything you do is like like, I mean, you know this when you were in Peru, like, I was stressed the entire time, basically. Dude, I was freaking But it was out, also man. amazing. It was awesome. I constantly <laughs> thought we might die if we did this thing, but also that it was super cool, you know? Yeah. And, like, you have to just, you probably like, shouldn't have died. <laughs> you're basically just, like, you're completely <laughs> locked in, but it's, like, also completely chaotic. You have no control at all, which is, like, a good thing, in my opinion, in that aspect. Like, you don't, you only have control of, like, the things that you wanted to do. So I think, like, in traveling, you should, like, go a little bit and just sort of like, go with what happens. That's, like, a good practice because it just pulls you out. It lets you, like, purely enjoy an experience for being in the experience. Experience Like, you are in the moment like nothing else when you're traveling. And, like, it's just amazing, bro. <laughs> just thinking about the 16-hour bus ride that we just sent. 22. It was 22? Yeah. It was 22? Yes. I've told so many people it was 16, and was now I wish I said it was 22. Ride, yeah. It was a day on a bus. Yeah, it was a whole day. And not day. like, you know, you wake up, you go to sleep. That's that's a day for most people. And both of us not. hadn't eaten for 72 hours, and all we had were, like, a bag of snacks that tasted really Shitty, bad. shitty Peru processed foods. That's what yeah, we it was like. Yeah, it was like the processed foods that, like, can't get sent to the U.S. It's like, <laughs> what was for So, for context, Mike and I got food poisoning because we ate lettuce, like, Dumbasses. Yeah, we like, were absolutely. We we're, were like, oh my god, bro! When I think back to that day in the restaurant, I look at this kid who obviously doesn't speak English, and I'm like, tap water or and bottled he is five water? Five years younger than me. Oh my god, he was 13 years old, and I was like, to clean the lettuce, I was like trying to speak a little Spanish, and they're like, I don't know what's clean. Like, I think we were basically asking clean water or dirty water, like talking about. And the he lettuce. was like, clean, motherfucker. Yeah, he was like, clean. He was like, clean, clean. And he was 14. Yeah, we just trusted his opinion and ate the vegetables like idiots like bots Completely obviously bots. got montezuma's revenge not even i think it was like e coli or something worse bro oh my god yeah it we, was we so were out bad, of commission bro, and we're for in a, hostel. a long time we stayed in a hostel for too long no one should stay in a hostel for five days dude i honestly loved it i wouldn't change the thing yeah no, i wouldn't change i love living rugged bro yeah but dude we died like we were dead for dude, two days like, i just think it like it built us up like, you can't have all that positive time. without a bit of negative you know right right like it's almost like it was almost like the, the universe had a way of, like, the trip was too good. It had to, like, even it out. I'm almost glad that that happened instead of something else bad. Right. Something there else are bad. a million other bad things that could have happened, and none of them happened except for that. Yeah. That is, like, the least bad thing that could have happened to us when we were there. 100%. And so that was, I was, uh, you know, that's the one bad thing that went wrong. I'll take that. I'll take that. That's acceptable. Yeah. You know, we could have missed flights. I almost missed both of them. We almost, bro. You almost <laughs> missed both. We almost missed the second one. Oh, yeah. my God. We're driving we back. We could have been stuck there because Josh and Jack... Um, oh my god I don't know how much detail we can go okay, into but on that no we can go into all the detail Peru, okay. the Peruvian authorities are not coming bro okay okay yeah so basically Dude, two of our friends on the day we're I leaving I get so hyped when I think about this story on the day we're leaving um, we had to do like the COVID test where they like touch your brain with the thing basically they stick it up your nose into your noggin and yep. Uh, two of our friends who were, I believe, the only two unvaccinated people with us, <laughs> yeah, which is both so tested positive for COVID the day we were supposed to leave. Which means you have to stay in Peru for 10 days. Yeah. Quarantine. And, you know, as broke college students, there is absolutely no possible way that they could have afforded that. And there is no possible way we would be staying with them because we can't do we that. We wanted either. to go home, bro. We were there yeah. for 10 days. We were exactly. in a third world country for 10 days. Yeah, it was we, time we to go. Um, so, you know, we... 
we we got back in the car and the guy who drove us there like we had to pay a guy to bring us to the testing site and then we paid for the test and it was a sketchy testing site this wasn't like cvs or like yeah yeah it was no, just some bro. random building it was like a you go building. inside and there's like one doctor in the back <laughs> and there's like <laughs> maybe a doctor and there's like the hygiene practices look like they're questionable at best yeah and so sure. yeah so we uh <laughs> we go back in the car with this guy and we're like yo do you think if we went back in and paid them again they'd let us retest and he's like not really agreeing with us um, we, we did some convincing though and he basically was like you guys probably shouldn't do that but like I just won't look he made the second. call he drove us back yeah I know and He's, that was cool yeah so then he decides we, like okay like after we we did talk about it for a while though because we kind of explained the situation to him yeah because he's like a normal human he like understood like he isn't right. really in the medical community and he's just like an average Peruvian citizen he totally understood and he actually spoke amazing English for like just being like basically an uber driver Dude, god bless thank god he did i know because we were able to like explain what was going on and he like basically understood like we're too young to deal with this like we actually don't have money we probably shouldn't be here by ourselves you know yeah. um so <laughs> he was just like he was trip. like all right i'll take you back uh but it's probably not gonna work out in your favor basically is what he said so he took us back we had <laughs> um you switched well, clothes so this is what happened Shen, it right? was a last minute call yeah, yeah. we're kind of there aimlessly because we're like this isn't gonna work like they're just gonna test positive again they have COVID, bro. We knew Josh had COVID. Yeah, Josh had COVID. Josh had COVID, bad. So, they Shem goes in. Right before Shem walks in the building, and, like, all four of us are outside the building, Shem and Josh go in. Right before they go in, though, Josh turns around, and he comes up to me. He says, he said, dude, put my shirt on. I was like, right away, I knew what he was talking about, and I had to. There was no other move. So, I took his, I took his shirt, took his hat, threw on the hat, you know, took my shirt off put on his shirt and i walk in with his passport i give the lady at the front desk his passport and she looks at me bro she knew she knew what we were doing but i don't know she just must have felt kind she yeah. like gave me the passport back and i went and sit down sat down and she said they'll call your name so they said jackson legion i get up i'm so locked in there's something else going on and i'll explain in a moment but i'm so locked in i get up i take the test again fuck that test <laughs> up to the brain bro uh. Then right away, I walk out. I, wa I take a test, leave, like, okay, you're good. The results will be out in a second. I walk out, go to Shem, our friend Jack, give him his shirt back. He gives me mine. Uh, he takes his hat back, right? While that was happening, Josh and Eric were doing the same thing. So Eric went in for Josh. And this lady, God bless her, she saved us. Because it wasn't like the whole medical staff there was, was cool with it. The guy in the back who was running the place was not cool with it. He was skeptical. I don't know if you remember, and I, I can't remember what he said or what he did. He was speaking in Spanish, but like I think he basically asked the lady at the front desk, like, "Yeah, these kids are switching clothes," and she was like, "No." Yes, yeah, <laughs> she could have. She could have. Like she could have basically like prevented this from happening, but I she think could've. she also kind of understood. Like, I feel like we're obviously young, mm -hmm. you know, and like for anybody who might watch this, because I feel like this might be a little controversial. What we're talking about right now, uh, given the current climate in the United States, but if you really think <laughs> that if you were in the exact same situation where like. You're in a country where you know it's dangerous and literally outside of a nightclub that you were at, someone got stabbed and you're not in the best area and you don't have money to continue to stay there or like keep yourself safe in a nice area. And you're given a dilemma where like, do you leave two of your closest friends no. alone in this country for 10 days or do you like just make it work and like wear a mask on the plane? Like you got to do what you got to do sometimes, you know, right. and like that's the position we we're in. So just, I want to put and that And maybe you there, wouldn't have done like it because you were scared, but like, to me there was no fear because there was no other option yeah, we had no. to get these boys home I felt like, like I'd rather get in trouble 
with all of you right. than leave them there by themselves. I love it. That was honestly like how I was feeling. So that's kind of the, how the whole trip went. Like we just, we were like a complete team. I've Had never felt so like, it was honestly way more so than Europe. Cause in Europe, I almost feel safer than I do in America, to be honest. Like I just don't have like a ton of fear that like something bad is going to happen versus like when we were in Peru, like we don't speak the language. We're obviously white boys. We like are Easily, all obviously yeah. from America, from America, right. which like makes us some good targets. Um, and like Peru is an amazing country and the people there are amazing and I have nothing but good things to say about it. But there are areas where like, it's not a good idea to be like a stupid college kid. We were in some of those areas and we did some of those things. We definitely yeah, we did some of those things we shouldn't do. And, um, so like, <laughs> oh my gosh. yeah, I don't know. Just, it was one of those situations where like, I've never felt so close to a group of guys before ever. Like I still to this day, like have a bond with all of you that I don't think will ever go away just because like. Dude, I just felt like no matter what the situation was, we just handled it like perfectly. Like every single time where something bad could have happened, we did like the best possible thing you could do. And, and like, we were uncomfortable. Like you already said prior to this discussion, when you're traveling, you're uncomfortable. There's no routine. Dude, I didn't want it. I almost canceled like right before. I know. Straight up because I was freaking out. Like no one wanted, my girlfriend at the time didn't want me to go. My mom yeah, and dad didn't, didn't want me to go. to go. Like it was a stressful thing for my family because they didn't think I was ready. And I told them, like, I'm going to Europe for the whole fall semester. I need this experience. Yeah. That was my pitch, and I, it was kind of the first time where I really just went against my parents. I was like, no, nah, I'm doing this. Yeah, dude, and I'm they were glad like, you Word. did, man. I'm glad you did. Yeah, and they ended up helping me out and supporting me, um, not financially, but just like mentally, you know, like calling me and yeah. checking in. But So I'm grateful for that. But I think the Peru trip prepared me for every experience I had in Rome in um, Amsterdam and wherever I went, right in Switzerland, like those places are chill and nice and not third world countries. You you do feel safe, like you said. I did feel safe. I felt like people had had it almost like they wanted to help out an American if they could. Yeah, I was around I a agree. lot of nice people, um, but it didn't feel like that, man. And maybe it was because it was the first time we were traveling. But yeah, what else did you mention that was kind of crazy? Um, dude, said, I think the dog thing that happened to us was insane. Like, uh, but also, like, you did the, think that was crazy. You t I, dude, well, I just like. Well, it didn't really happen to us. We didn't really have to face any dogs. Uh, I, if you don't know, in Peru, there's like thousands and thousands of dogs. Just everywhere. I'm gonna look up how many dogs, stray dogs, like stray dogs. These are not people's dogs. Yeah, they're not like they. They. If you touch them, bad stuff's gonna happen to you. Like you, you, you gotta be careful. I if, didn't pet a single dog. If one bites you or something, like and you're in Peru, hey, you're in trouble, man. Like the, the hospital might be more dangerous than the dog bite. So you gotta make a choice there. Like, right. do you wanna do you wanna deal with that or not, you know? Dude, that's another thing. Like when I was so sick and you were so sick, yeah, this says just like 40,000 straight up. Dude, I was just doing so and much research when we were Cusco. sick. When we were sick, I was like, I basically was keeping like a hawk's eye on every one of our symptoms and I was like, because I basically read like if you get food poisoning and X, Y, or Z happens, you're in big trouble. And I was like, if any of these things even start to happen or might be happening, we got to call someone. And I was like, if none of them happen, we're riding it out. And we just wrote it out. We wrote it out. Yeah. I thought the dog thing was crazy because we were basically in a park at night. Um, we were talking by like a ledge looking over some city thing. And like while we were doing that, um, like this dog that had like a police vest on it passed us. And I was like, is that a police dog? Like, are we not supposed to be here pretty much? I was like, what's going on? Uh, it was a stray police dog. 
which is really weird. Um, it walked the middle of the park and like the weirdest thing started happening. Like a pack of dogs started forming in like a big group around this police dog. Mm. And like, they weren't small dogs. They were all like medium to big size dogs. And they were like, they looked kind of, you know, feisty. Like they had some fight in them. Um, then while we're standing there, like basically like there was a wall blocking the view of these dogs for a bunch of the, the boys in my group. And I was sort of standing all the way on the edge so I could see just past this wall. They were like right in the center of this park area. Right. And people started walking by and they were basically mugging people. They mugged like two or three people like while I was watching them. And my friends were all talking and I'm just like completely ignoring them and watching this happen. Cause it's I was, like, I didn't even see it. It was bro. like awe inspiring. Like a dude walked by with a bag of groceries and they just mugged him for his groceries. Like, they surrounded him and barked at him a ton until he just dropped the bag and ran away. And they just like ripped the food apart. And then another couple, like two kids that were from Peru sat down next to us and they were smoking or whatever. And Philip. Our friend Philip, who by the way only took a half year of Spanish, but decided he was fluent on this trip, <laughs> just walks up to these kids and just starts conversing with them yeah. in like Spanglish, and uh, like they have a good conversation, whatever. Like Philip smokes with them, and then these kids uh, walk through the park, and Philip goes back over to where their guys are, and these kids they're walking by. The dogs surround them, try to get them to drop their stuff. The kids like yell at the dogs and like swing something at them. Like I think they had a bag or something, they're yeah, swinging yeah. it. And the dogs kind of backed off for a sec and then they just like ran out of the park and the dogs like reposted up back right, in the middle. Right. And then right before we had to walk through this park, another guy came by with a bag. The dogs surrounded him just like the other guy, but then some dude came out of like one of the buildings nearby with like a whip and was like swinging it at the dogs and the dogs oh left this God. guy alone. Then we're about to go. We have to walk straight through where these dogs are to go yeah, back yeah. to our hostel. And I'm like, hey, guys, I just interrupt okay, their conversation. I'm like, this. there are like six dogs over there that are just like honestly a surrounding and attacking passersbys. Because uh, I think the boys were about to go out to like a nightclub or something. And I think I was like me and Gabe might have been the only one or two people who like weren't going to do that. Yeah. we were, Yeah. So I knew if me and Gabe like it, they were opposite directions. So like this group of guys could have gone like away from the dogs and they probably would have. And we would have had to walk straight past them. Mm -hmm. and I knew if it was just you and me, the dogs were going to like surround us basically. Us. Yeah. So but I was like six dogs, six dudes like. I don't, I feel like dogs in the city, they know like they can't really mess with people unless they got the numbers advantage. Yeah. yeah. So I They're was like, confident in the, in the numbers. Bro. I know. So I was like, all right, guys, like, can we just form like a tight group and just hopefully our energy will be enough to like scare these dogs off when we walk past them. So we, you know, the boys all chipped in, stared them down. Yeah. Oh, we okay. stared yeah, them yeah. down and we were like, if they bark at us, we're barking back. And we just, we just stared the dogs down. They stared us down. We walked right past them. Not a single dog moved. We just walked back into our house. Yeah. They didn't, they didn't want to fuck with us. They decided like the group was big enough, dude. Yeah. And like, it was little moments like that that just kept happening the whole trip where like, you know, you just needed a friend and the guys were there. Like you just needed, like right. when me and Gabe were struggling, the guys like made sure we weren't dead, you know, when like, like, I don't know, like anytime oh anything gosh. happened, like the boys were there. And I just remembered, I mean, there were also things we didn't see because we got so sick. We missed the Machu Picchu day, which right. sucks, right? That does suck. We're going to go back and hike the trail. I'm, 100%. I'm positive, 100%. but we got sick the night before. So the boys who weren't sick or so they thought <laughs> one of them thought they weren't sick. They went on the train and like, it's really cool. You go on this beautiful train up the mountain and then you get to Machu Picchu, right? And Eric, I don't know how Eric got sick. I think it's because he- He drank out of my water. Which is so dumb. Like yeah. we got sick and then in the morning we said to Eric and we said to, you know, it was Shem, Eric, Phil, Josh, right? And me and you were like, guys, we're bad. 
we can't do this. They're like, no. Okay, but they knew that we ate the lettuce and it made sense that we had like E. coli or whatever. Eric's dumbass <laughs> drinks your water. So he must have got it. Like, like you were drinking the water all night. Basically, yeah, like yeah. every time I got sick, I would brush my teeth and drink this water and he drank out of it. Yeah, so that's so dumb. I, I just think like he. I mean, that's both of your faults. Like I was, I was basically rinsing my mouth that was full of whatever was probably causing me to be this sick, like with this water. Right, you so can't use the tap on, water on the cap, and probably like I don't know. I was so sick, like I might have backwashed into the water a little, which is oh, nasty. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, I think that's like the only way he could have gotten sick. And the time frame was the same as us, but after he drank the water, like it took us about eight to ten hours to get sick. It took him about yeah, eight to ten eight hours to, 10 to get hours. sick after he drank. My so they're so, so they're on that. a train leaving Machu Picchu. Eric starts to get all messed up and I don't know what happened. We can't really tell the story. We weren't there, but yeah, I think we Phil there. apparently like they were yelling to stop the bus, stop the bus. It wasn't a, it wasn't on the train. It was on the bus after the train. And like some people were like, sit down. No. And Phil was like, wasn't having any of this. Yeah. He Something like up. that. And he stepped up and it was just time and time yeah, again. Just where every time you needed someone, like someone stepped there, up, someone you know? stepped up. It was, it was like almost like out of body because you, it was like being on a sports team that's like good you just you completely trust your other teammates basically like you just know like that's what it felt like like you guys were teammates like we were like brothers you know like just anytime i needed someone they were there anytime someone needed me i was there and it wasn't like you had to ask like people it's not like eric asked phil like make them stop the bus phil just saw that eric was basically getting sick on the bus and he like forced him to stop the bus and a ton of tourists who like could understand what philip was saying were literally screaming at him and telling him that like they're gonna kick you off and you should just stop talking and stuff right and phil like stood up to like all the people on the bus and the driver and got them to stop it like it was just everything like that that just kept yeah, happening there's like this inclination to step up i remember one of the first nights in rome that we went out we all went out to this bar it was called uh it was called cash shitty shitty place and um spencer and i like all the boys are getting on the bus. We're all going home. We all want to go home together. It was kind of the first weekend, so we were making sure that we weren't leaving any girls behind specifically, right? And we get on the bus to leave, and, like, apparently one of the girls is like, yo, where's Bella and Mara? And we're like, what are you talking about? We're looking around like, oh, my God, they're not here. So Spencer and I wait f- for the bus to stop, but it's already been, like, two stops. We're probably, like, a half mile away or maybe, like, 0.7. We get out. We're both wearing, like, nice shoes. And we're like, dude, we just have to go back. There wasn't like an op, like we said, Matt, we said to Matt, like, Matt, you take these girls home. We're going to go get Bella and Mara. Something does happen too. Like, what are you guys going to feel like in the morning? Right. That's what we're thinking. Like, dude, especially when you realize before you got home and you know, you have the opportunity if you chose not to, like, what are you going to feel like after, you know? Right. And yeah, I think it's because of who we are, but also like, because we were just in that environment, that different environment, we ran back. Like, geez. <laughs> no, but we went in there and we got them. And, like, they were happy that we got them. So that was another cool, like, separate from Peru. Um, and, yeah, less dangerous. But, yeah. dude, those clubs are dangerous, bro. People sexually assault women in those clubs every single night. Every single night, I believe, that happens. It, uh, we heard about a few instances. Um, I actually yeah. saw that in Peru, too. Like, the European guys had less boundaries than anyone else. Like, it was it was a little weird. Like, that's a stereotype that I don't even think is a stereotype, to be honest. Like, okay. I've never seen that before. But, like, in practice, every time, like, whether it was in... I went to a bunch of countries now, like, and every time it seems to be the same. Like, anytime you're out somewhere at night, they're a little more, like, aggressive with it than the American guys are. Right, and you think the Europeans not... Like, I would almost think the opposite would be true based on, like, yeah. what I feel like I'm fed content-wise. Right. Like, I almost feel like there's way more acknowledgement of it here 
like it's a bigger problem. Right. But it seems to be a bigger problem over there where there's less And there's less acknowledgement of it, right. right. Yeah. yeah, terrible instances that Horrible. we hear about. Yeah. But yeah, man, traveling is yeah. is awesome. And do you have any plans for your next travels? Um, I mean, we have to do we have to plan something. I right. think China, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, okay, I really want to go to South America again because it's cost effective. And right now, I'm kind of trying to get in a better situation before college ends so that I can, you know, like be sort of set up well. Um, but I want to go somewhere like not super expensive. I'm probably not going to travel a lot next summer. I'm going to be working so much and doing the the uh, the coding boot camp but, uh, yeah. I'm going to try to spend like 10 days with some friends again I think that was kind of the optimal trip to be honest dude it was awesome and then uh, I'll spend like 10 days with my so my girlfriend's parents or grandparents yeah grandparents they have a house in Nevis we're going to try to go there if possible and like they like rent it out to people but we're just going to try to stay there and like we'll get our own food and everything like clean the house for them or something and hopefully they'll right. stay there because that'll be like a cheap trip and then I can do a cheap trip with my friends and like should be good yeah um the transition here you live with your girlfriend how's that how does that help you with everything you go through work school stuff um, like that yeah or i how think, does it uh, make it hard i would definitely say it's like very unconventional for this age uh like actually everything about like my college experience is probably like the opposite of the norm yeah. where like straight up i don't live on campus uh mainly because uh i don't really like to be surrounded by the type of energy that i see on my campus and every campus i've ever been to where College like campuses in general. people really enjoy like the party the late night lifestyle stuff um and as far as i'm concerned like every time i engage in it i see an immediate decline in the quality of everything i find important so it's just like a non-negotiable i gotta stay at home that's like the first part i think the second thing is my girlfriend lives with me which basically came about because um, she's going to school around here. She's going to like Northeastern online right now, which is probably going to transfer in person, but she's trying to like get extra credits out of the way cool. basically. So she can go there. Um, but her only like relatives live like very far away. Her, uh, her relationship with like her dad is not amazing and her mom lives in Florida. So, um, stuff. Yeah, and she was going to school in Canada. So she basically had like, if she wanted to go to school here, it was like find your own place. Um, and like, I don't know, like I just was like, we can make it work. Like if it doesn't work, then like you'll still be in the same predicament you were in before. Yeah. So it's like a no loss situation for her. Like she basically either moves to Florida and pays like a ton of money every year to live on Northeastern yeah. campus or, um, stays with me and pays no money to go to the school, like in terms of like board. And, and, stuff. and would you say but doing that it's unconventional, right? But it definitely forced you to grow up. Even though you're already one of the most mature dudes I know, it had to force you to grow up in, yeah, a, certain, in a different way, right? I agree, yeah. Yeah. You just got to, like, um, it honestly makes you better around the house. Like, uh, I think some people are right. really good about, uh, like, you know, taking care of the dishes and their laundry and everything. But, uh, you know, as a modern-day couple, we got to split that stuff up. Right. Just because, like, now there's twice as much dishes and twice as much laundry and everything, so it doesn't make sense for us to all do individual things. Right, and you're both doing school and work. It's yeah, we're like both doing school and work, and we have to. You do were just like, you right? also have to clean everything. Like yeah. that wouldn't make sense. Yeah, no. So, so we, <laughs> we like, we have a good system where, like, basically, each of us does certain tasks, right? So, like, yeah. I do the laundry and like move it up and down the stairs and stuff, and she folds it and I put it away, type of a thing, like. So we have, like, a conveyor belt, basically, for, yeah, like, everything. Like, the dishes are like that, too. Cool. Um, and you also have to... It's one of those things where, like, I feel like a lot of people, especially when they're young, get into relationships where, like, 
they just really like being around the person for like three hours a week like they go on a few dates and like they're like this is amazing or like being around them for a few hours every day and they're like this is amazing but that's only because like they're only seeing their boyfriend or girlfriend when like it's a good time when to they're see both them. in good moods yeah like, i know so like each other that's, that's honestly crazy. in my opinion like i realized that's kind of an advantage to doing this is like it sort of like fast tracks your relationship if it'll be successful or not like because you'll find right. out right away if someone's impossible out, to live in with a month you'll know someone's impossible to live with and they there aren't a good partner for you yeah. and so like i immediately found out that like it's actually fine because we, we both kind of have this habit where like when we don't want to talk to each other for like a little while we just like do things and like don't we don't have to communicate that like it's obvious like if i'm on my computer working it's not a good time to come like have a conversation with me right. i'm also someone where like it's hard for me to get in focus and once i am in focus like i will get mad at you if you make me lose the focus like if i'm doing sure, something sure. i'm just like can you leave me alone i need to finish this please uh i can talk <laughs> to you in 30 minutes you yeah, know yeah, so right. like so like we're both like that which is actually good because like it's like auto respect like if she sees me on the computer working or i see her on the computer working i'm not gonna like pester her or try to have a conversation with her if i see her like watching netflix or something and i want to hang out with her that is a better time to like try to hang out but right. it's almost like you can be in the same room the same house and not like be interacting and having like that's almost like having like obviously we do things alone like we go to different schools and we have different jobs and everything and like we have some unique friends that we hang out with and everything so like we have our own lives which is important but we also like when we are together we're not always like mentally engaged together um and when we are mentally engaged together we're like in the moment because it's not like forced all the time right. like you can be together physically and like be mentally doing your own thing and i think having like that everyone needs that mental alone time right like you need your own life where you get like different social engagements and everything and you have things to talk about it keeps like the conversation interesting over time but you also need like your own alone time and the only way to get that when you live with someone is to like have those times where like you're just doing something and you're just, you're just gonna be left alone you yeah. know like you're just doing it by yourself right. or like you're i don't know i can go on a run in the morning go to the gym by myself or i can go outside with like my bunny for a little while and just chill by myself yeah. let him like run around the boy henry. yeah henry the goat, the goat. Um, <laughs> yeah so i think like it's very unconventional but i honestly wouldn't want it any other way because it's actually really helped me get on top of the the household chores because right. she cares about that like more than i do like she's more orderly with awesome. that stuff that's awesome so she like reminds me i think that's usually my biggest thing is like they don't take very long to do but i'm just like so focused on like work right. work 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 work. You put them off that just i just like yeah i just like like i actually think that's something that's really helped with like specifically uh feminine girls in general like they really care about like self-care i think like very masculine guys don't care about self-care that that much um that is like a thing you should definitely work on as like a man in general like that's a good quality to have is like high self-care right, right. and like you know i always did like the bare minimum stuff like i have good like hygiene practices <laughs> like i brush my teeth and shower and everything all the time like you basically just everyone needs to do that obviously <laughs> like so that's the bare minimum right if you're right. if you're not that's like breathing if you're not doing that like you're doing something wrong Everybody. seriously wrong you know yeah um but like the stuff where it's like having like a day for laundry and having like a day for dishes and having like scheduled times for That's different shit stuff, do, I never was really doing that. So the stuff would go like way too long without being done. And then I would sort of like do it all at once and it would take a long time because I'm waiting right, so long right. to do but it. If you're just breaking it out throughout the week. Right, or like cleaning my car. Like I would go like three months with it super clean. Then it would get super dirty for like three months and then it would go three months super oh. clean and then three months dirty, right? Yeah. And I hate having a dirty car and I hate having a dirty room and I hate having a ton of laundry, but like it's never enough of like a stressor for me to do it unless someone's there to be like, just do it right now. Do it right now. Literally do it right now. <laughs> yes. And I'm like, okay, fair enough. See, that's so cool. I think 
Well, because there's a Christian idea that you shouldn't even live. Like, the, the idea is that you shouldn't sleep with your girlfriend before you're married. But it just puts at risk, I think, being able to fully get, get to know that person. Like, yeah. living with that person. I mean, we know this. You go on trips with people. Like, we know each other so well now. Yeah. Because we've gone on trips. We went on the 10-day trip. That's when we really got to know each other. You were honestly the easiest one to live with out of everyone else. So. Thank you. <laughs> you go to bed at normal times and yeah, engage right. in normal activities. So it was easy. It, like, this past summer, we went to... I don't even know what state, Pennsylvania, I think. Yeah. Yeah, that was sick. And we got to know each other even more. Other people on the trip I got to know well. Yeah. And it, because we're immersed in the environment, we're next to that person all the time, we're eating dinner with them, we're seeing who's going to clean their dish and who's not, right? Exactly. Um, and yeah, that's. I think you're getting a valuable experience. What, what would you say if someone would say that's unconventional, would like critique you? I mean, it'd be um, just kind of... I would say like, it's hard for anybody who's not in the situation yeah. to like critique it. I think like, if you, like in terms of like, me saying you should or shouldn't do this, I don't think that's really like the approach I would take. I think it's like, in my specific situation, with my specific partner, and my specific set of circumstances, right, right. it's working well. You've derived certain benefits and... Yeah, yeah. yeah the, gotcha. the, the cost benefit analysis is mm -hmm. like in the positive significantly for me specifically. Right, right. But if you're someone in a completely different scenario with a completely different set of circumstances and a completely different partner and you're which a completely is, different personality... Which is what is it would be. What it would be, yeah. Right. You have to evaluate for yourself. And like... It was something that, like, I was actually, like, uh, I wasn't sure at first. And, like, she also was, like, very reluctant to it. Specifically because it's, like, almost societally unacceptable to do that. Yeah. Um, but I wouldn't say it's, like, anyone's, like, what the heck? Except for your family members are a little weirded out by that. They're, like, why are you doing that, you know? Um, so, yeah, I think it's one of those things where, like, we just realized, like, if we don't do it, her immediate situation becomes way worse and if we do do it, my situation doesn't change that much as long as she's not impossible to live with, you know? Right. And she became, like, she's literally better to live with than living by myself because, as I said, like, yeah. more stuff gets done around the house because I'm reminded to do it, and I just, like, would be bad about doing it. Mm -hmm. Anyways, like, yeah, so the other people yeah. in my house, like, like, everyone else in my house, we all do our own thing. So, like, I wash my own dishes, I do my own laundry, that type of stuff. We don't do it for each other. Yeah. I don't cook for them, they don't cook for me. I cook yeah. for myself, you know? Right. Um, and so, like, having someone else to just remind you of some of the tasks, like, and it's also good because the tasks we like are different. Like, I actually don't mind putting the laundry in, but, like, fold, like, literally what I used to do was, like, my hamper, my dirty hamper would always be empty because my clothes would always be clean, but, like, the clean pile of clean clothes would just get <laughs> huge. I'm not going to lie, dude, my, my clothes are in a clean pile over there because I haven't folded them. Yeah, I exactly. I don't folding. know what it is. I just hate folding. Dude, I yeah. hate it so much. Right. I don't mind, like, washing and, like, doing that every yeah. once in a while. I don't mind, like, vacuuming the floor, for example, or whatever, but there are just certain tasks that I, like, hate doing for some reason. Wait, hold on. It's okay, just turned off I was always, I was looking over here because, yeah, I have another battery, don't worry. All right, we're in. Pause. We're almost, we'll wrap up soon here. This has been awesome, dude. Dude, yeah. how many hours are we in right dude, now? Dude, we're in, we're on, uh, fuck, hopefully this. Oh, actually, this timing is fire. This timing is fire. Yeah, do you have to, like, leave? Uh, I was trying to, like, be home before 7. Like, easy. Oh, we'll do that. Easy. Natasha was like, you should come home by 6. And I was like, I'll be home before 7. So, that's chill. <laughs> that's my
100%. If I lived with Josh, I would be, oh my God, I'd be 190, all muscle. I'd be eating so clean and awesome. Know, bro. Dude, I also uh, feel like if I lived with you, that would be a similar situation right. because like we could go to the gym together and stuff like that. We and, might like, want to consider that, on the bro. same plane. Like, we'd be dialed in. I know, that's true. Another, oh my God. Dude, like honestly, next summer, if you want to do that all summer, I'd be down. You got to pay rent, but I'm down. <laughs> gotta pay rent no I'm saying like do you where are you gonna stay though next summer next summer oh not this summer but like I'm saying like if you're around town like my like gym when is, I graduate, my gym is 7 minutes from my house but I think it's like 20 minutes here just I'm staying around the court dude okay then, so yeah. I'll be in the boroughs yeah Yeah. then we can just go to the same gym dude my gym's insane okay. it's where Zalv goes it's where Jason goes it's where like, it's where uh, it's uh yeah JJ's all, mom all, the, all the big dogs they go there it's called Elevate all or maybe goats. it's called something else now yeah it's Elevate awesome um, me and Natasha have memberships my brother has a membership it's goaded, bro. Awesome. It's actually insane, Jim. Yeah. It's really good. Well, um, Mike, we talked about a ton of things here, dude. Um, I'm grateful for our friendship, and I'm grateful for your support through these things. Like, I really do think I would not have started this podcast if it wasn't for your influence. And um, I think we're going to keep working hard, and, like, we're bound to succeed together yeah. separately, so. Dude, I think, like, whenever you present an idea to me, or, like, when anyone does who I think is, like, on, like, actually get stuff done, like, I feel like you get, when you say you're going to do something, you're going to at least try pretty hard, you know? So, like, when you ask me an idea like a podcast, I just want to make sure that you've, like, thought it through. So I typically won't be, like, no or yes. Right. I'll just be, like, well, why? And, like, how? You know? And those conversations can be tough for me because I'm, like, I don't know yet. Because like, I want to understand, like, yeah. why do you even but want But that's to the friend, like, that's how, how it, we have to know? be friends with each other, like, everyone. Yeah. Because... We're, then you're direct you're always direct that's something I'm, I've learned from you but something I've also learned from my dad other people that I look up and to like, like stoic philosophers and stuff yeah like like they're direct well. right yeah. they're direct and um, I want to talk more we'll have another episode eventually we're going to post this one get some clips up weird um, yeah man thank you so much bro this has been great this has been great uh, it'll be up on all platforms soon alright cool so yeah GG let's Books. go let's go